If you've got a passion for pumpkin, you've got to get to Dunkin' and pick these up. Our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Smooth, bold, cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam. And our delicious pumpkin spice signature latte. Rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar. And our perfectly pumpkin donuts, munchkins treats, pumpkin muffins, and more. That's how we pumpkin at Dunkin'. Pick your pumpkin at Dunkin', like our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Pumpkin spice signature latte. And our perfectly pumpkin treats. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on WMR.fm, episode number 417. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is my company senior SEO, Scott Venak. What a wonderful day. It is a wonderful day. <laughs> thought I'd start it <laughs> off differently this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you're always, uh, so how are you doing today? And of course, I'm going to say fine, even if I'm miserable. So <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but I'm not miserable, so that's good. Bonus. Bonus. I know. I see, uh, things are looking up. All Absolutely. right, well. Well, with that, that, that lovely entry started, let's uh, jump right into some other news on WordPress. What's this yes. all about? Yeah, so this is great. So WordPress has put together a, pro a proposal for a performance team. Uh, they've admitted that they're falling behind Wix, and I'll get into Wix maybe in a second, <laughs> behind Wix and similar platforms. And they're suggesting they need a performance team to help coordinate speed improvements. Uh, their proposal notes that compared to other platforms, for example, Wix, Shopify, Squarespace, WordPress is falling behind. Other platforms are on average faster and becoming increasingly faster than WordPress websites, uh, which, you know, I'm kind of, I, I have to say, I kind of agree with. Um, maybe not so much with Wix, although maybe out of the box, when you compare the two, it's similar, but I've seen pretty poor speeds on Wix. But um, I guess the one advantage WordPress has now is if you have a programmer or you know which plugins to use, you can speed it up. But they don't want people to have to rely on 
plugins. They want people to just have it work well out of the box. When people are shopping for a content management system, especially the non-techies out there, uh, they just want to see fast. And WordPress is falling behind that, and they they feel they might start to lose a bit of share if they don't do something about it. So I think that is fantastic news if it goes through and they, you know, could you imagine WordPress out of the box scoring a hundred out of a hundred on page speed insights? Uh, it really should out of the box. That's true. Um, I wonder, just checking it to see whether or not they mean, is it the .com or the .org? Oh, you see, that's something I didn't, I didn't pick up on if you are. I don't see yeah. it said. I mean, I, they do technically, I mean, they do create both. So hopefully it is for both. I would um, imagine it would have to be both. Yeah, I guess so. Since it's not mentioned, I'm going to have to assume that at this point, it's not like I'm laying money on it. And really when it comes down to it, when we, when you get WordPress and you have a competent development team, you're going to be working on WordPress speed and page speed and core web vitals after you get working on it. It would be great if it started out compliant, but just the same, we can make it work. Uh, but just imagine how much time that could save if it was already there. Well, it would, save, it would save time for us. It would save money for our clients who we build sites for, and it would save time and money and headaches for the DIYers out there who are just going to you know, venture out on their own, who may not even know that speed is an issue. You know, They're not even thinking about SEO. Well, here they're going to have an SEO advantage that you know, they might not know it, but it, it'll be there. So I think it's better for everybody, really. The internet as a whole, your your website development, the people that visit your website. Uh, well, and I think anything that keeps WordPress high up there is good for all that are invested in it. And we're certainly invested in it. We do all our design in WordPress and love it, really. It's a great system. I never would have guessed it would become what it is now. I remember having used it back when it was only a blog platform. Um, it, back then, we still considered it a CMS, but it was really just hacking it. Now, of course, it is really a content management system. Uh, gone are the days, it's just blog. And it's time they uh, took it to the next level. So that's great. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, if they get that team together, we can, uh, I don't know, just see a, a big improvement in the near, I don't know how long it would take them, a year, oh, probably. No. I don't really but have what, a clue. But What I'm most fascinated with is whether or not, like what, let's say after we develop the site, it's at a certain stage of Core Web Vitals. It's low, let's say 40, uh, 40 out of 100 or whatever. Let's look at PageSpeed Insights. So how much of that 40 or, or sorry, the, the leftover 60, that bad stuff is due to the base WordPress not being great? It'd be interesting to see. Like, is it just going to increase it by 5% once they get this fixed? Hey, 5% is 5%. That's be great. But uh, I'm curious. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I guess that's all going to, we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah, but uh, it can't be worse. There's often a lot of fighting with plugins and stuff to get everything boosted up. And like you said, we can do it, but it wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to do it? Yeah, no doubt. Well, and I know um, in the pr previous interview we had with uh, Yoast Devak uh, of the Yoast plugin, he was saying that uh, they actually contribute a fair portion to the the, the core of WordPress. They actually develop for it to assist with it. It is open source after all. So uh, yeah, I'd love to hear what his thoughts are on this and how, or if his team will be working on this. Hmm. All right, so on SEO news, AMP links 
in Google search are breaking with iOS 15. This release on September 20, 20th caused all AMP URLs in Google to search to stop working. Oh boy, John Carcutt's having a good time with that, I bet. Oh <laughs> no my kidding. God. All of his websites, I believe, run on AMP. That's, that's disastrous for new sites. Well, it, it is and it isn't. So what they were saying is uh, when you use Safari and you try to click on an AMP listing in Google, it's, it's not working. It's not taking you to that AMP page, but it is directing to the non-AMP version of the page. So at least websites are getting their traffic, but it's going to mess with their stats. You know, if you're, if you're used to seeing, you know, a certain number, uh, a certain percentage of your traffic going to the AMP URLs, and now that's all screwed up because now all that traffic is going to the main site and the AMP listings are effectively going to zero, at least for Safari iOS users. Um, you know, if people don't know about this issue with Google, they uh, might start to panic. Like, where's all my AMP traffic? Where, what's going on here? So mm -hmm. definitely a disaster. Well, I <laughs> yeah, I happen to know that they, after discussing it with different people with different AMP-based sites, that it has dramatically improved the stickiness of their sites and the overall conversions. So uh, that's literally taking money out of their pocket by having yeah. this broken. Ouch. And oh. add, I mean, add... Uh, ad suppliers, ad platforms, they're all going to be feeling it as well. Oh, the joy. Well, I imagine as with every bug that Google seems to have, uh, this is interesting though, because it is, they're considering it a, a Google's fixing it, but it's an iOS related bug. It almost seems like Apple should fix it. It's, it's kind of like a 50, 50 thing. I don't know. Cause it's only broken on Safari. I guess it's gotta be on Google's end, but how frustrating Maybe. for Google too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. They don't need our website they got, they got to put their team to work sometime. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. They can't Except just be uh, playing foosball and whatever else they do over at Google all day. Exactly. Going down slides and playing with multicolored toys. The hell. Well, now I want um, a slide. Yeah, I know. Me too. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear. Oh, well. Um, Google publishes new help documents on controlling titles and descriptions in search. So I guess this is about all that fuss that was out, out there about uh, their manipulating titles on the whim? Yeah, I, I don't know how much of this was inspired by that or if this is something they had on the go, but yeah, they've published some documents, which uh, I'll actually share to Facebook after we finish recording here, just so anyone that is listening, you can go there. It will be there now, basically. Um, they published a couple documents on titles and meta descriptions and best practices and uh, giving some information on how Google grabs that information, uh, as well as giving you a little bit more idea on how to control what meta description content actually appears in search. And so I figure SEO 101 has 101 right in the title and what better 101 stuff is there than titles and meta descriptions. Sure. So I figured I'd maybe go through a couple of these quickly. Um, so this is primarily coming directly from this Google document. And none of it is really a surprise to me, but uh, for some people it might pose a bit of help. Uh, first of all, the titles you click on within search Google is now calling them a title link, which is the new name that they're using. I'm not sure what the old name was. I think I just <laughs> called them the link. I don't know. Um, but they're a title link now. So if you hear people talking about that, that's what they mean. Uh, Herman, but, we need more, we need more baffle gap. Ab we absolutely do. We don't have enough of that, do we? I think no, it's, no. <laughs> I should have a hundred, a hundred page document here somewhere that explains all the random terms. Yeah. One tenth um, of our glossary. 
Yeah, exactly. So uh, the best, actually, before best practices, I'll just let you know how Google creates these title links. And this is, again, from Google. This is not me making this stuff up. Uh, primarily, they'll start with the content found in the title element on your page. Uh, no surprise there. Uh, or they may choose a main visual title or headline shown on a page. They may choose heading elements such as an H1. Uh, they may pick other content that's large and prominent throughout the use of style treatment. So uh, interesting to know there that if you have text that's physically larger on your page that you're using CSS for, they may pull from that and see some prominence there. Uh, other text contained on the page, so anything, I guess. <laughs> um, anchor text on the page and text within links that point to the page. Uh, they didn't specify if that's internal links or external links. I'm going to hope it's primarily internal because there's a bit of a black hat opportunity if they'll include external, but they used to do Wikipedia and uh, DMOZ and all that kind of stuff. So I, I guess you'd never really know. And uh, so that's generally where those titles come from. And the best practices uh, to, and this again is not uh, rocket science or any big surprise here, but to use descriptive and concise text, avoid vague descriptors like home and profile, uh, avoid keyword stuffing, including branding separated by the rest of descriptive text, which is something we do for the most part anyways. Uh, so you might have, you know, your, your stepforth.com and then a vertical pipe or a colon or a hyphen, and then a bit of uh, uh, descriptive relevant text about that page. And approximately using 50 to 60 characters in length is considered ideal. But again, length is, you know, you've got a bit of flexibility there, but if you go too long, like there's no real maximum length, but if you do a, a 5,000 character title tag, most of that's never going to be seen. So, you know, keep it 50 to 60 characters makes the most sense. Hmm. So that's a little bit of info on titles. And were you going to say something? To say, yeah, I was about to say the, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how much of it, I, I mentioned this in the last show, it's always seems to be the case. I can't remember what I did yesterday. Um, but <laughs> I, I, one of the things that has really blown my mind about these titles is, is just how troublesome it is for any kind of regulated entity. See, when there is regulation in place, oftentimes it's archaic. And I'm thinking right now of the dental guilds and such, guilds, but you know what I mean, associations. They, uh, they are often basing their rules over dentists on print, the old print rules. And, and they just simply don't apply. It doesn't work. Um, one of the more painful ones was the uh, Saskatchewan uh, Dental Association, uh, Oral Surgery Association. They have a system in place where if you, <laughs> if you have a ranking that uses a title that says something about you being the best or uh, says any one of their contravening phrases, they send you a letter of infraction, require you to remove it <laughs> uh, on Google search. Plus you are required to send an apology letter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so first of all, you can't control what Google decides to choose. Um, they will pick and choose as they wish, and they can put the wrong words that you did entirely like the wrong meaning entirely interpretation, everything. Um, if you get listed in a, let's say a, a best, best dentists, uh, or best hazardous materials company or whatever, any kind of best listing, it's immediately an infraction. Even though you didn't list yourself there, someone else put you there. 
and you immediately have to contact them, go through the pain in the ass of having that removed. It's just, it's stunning how much trouble this particular system that Google's put in place could cause. Uh, if, if you're putting a ton of work into ensuring your title tags, descriptions, the text in your page is all 100% compliant, and then Google goes and changes everything. Wow. It's just mind boggling that they think they can get away with that. You know, really? in those situations, there really should be, um, and actually the meta description has this available, but not titles. And we'll get to that in a sec. There should be a way like a meta tag or something that says, do not use a, B or C or, uh, some kind of control in search console, or at least access to have more control. If you're, if, if your business is in a certain category that might be impacted, some sort of health based uh, medical, whatever, uh, mm-hmm. they should offer that because it's industry-wide. It's not like, you know, one guy in one town that has this problem. It would be everybody everywhere. Well, yeah. in, per, per country, at least, I guess. Well, and what it does is it makes those businesses extremely reluctant to go online. And when they do go online, they're put through a ringer. Plus, they don't want to do ads. Plus, they don't want to do a lot of writing. I mean, they're just concerned all the time. It's like you're on, constantly waiting for the axe to fall. <laughs> It's just, anyway, Google, yes, they should have some kind of tag saying, uh, do not alter. And if that's the case, and that's a, a limiting factor in rankings, well, that's so be it. Go, Google will have to learn from that and say, okay, there's enough of these people in this search that are saying, do not alter, that will eliminate this from being altered. I don't know, they have to think of something because this is not acceptable. See, something like that would be easy for them because as we dive into meta descriptions here, I don't have a lot to say about meta descriptions, but one of the things, and I actually didn't know this was a thing until today, um, not that I'd want to use it, but there is a no snippet meta tag that you can place on a page that prevents Google from listing a meta description or like a, um, uh, I'm not sure what their official term is, but this from listing the snippet below your title link. Uh, so if you don't want a meta description to appear is the... Uh, snippet, you can just say, don't show anything, throw a meta tag. So they should almost have something like that for the title tag as well. You know, maybe not no title. I don't know why that, that wouldn't be good, but something, I don't know. Let let Google (laughs) figure it out. Do something guys. (laughs) So let's say dentist instead of, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. I don't know. Don't, yeah. Don't say best. Don't, you know, meta. No, never. Yeah. No link. Maybe great. No. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Or list of keywords that are like negative keywords within a a no no link meta tag or something. I don't know. Um, They just make life so much easier, don't they? I love it. They absolutely do. Um, Mm. And then there's also a couple more little things you could do for descriptions. Uh, If you you want a specific maximum length for your meta description, there's a max snippet meta tag that dictates how many characters you want your your meta description to be or your snippet to be which i'd never heard of that either um and i also hadn't heard that you can prevent parts of your text within your page and this actually has would have come in handy in the past had i known about it or maybe it didn't exist at the time uh, a data no snippet attribute so if you have a bit of text on your page that you want to ensure does not appear guarantee it does not appear as your search snippet you can wrap it in a span a data dash no snippet tag, and uh, Google will not use that content. So if you're finding that Google's pulling text from a paragraph and you don't want that to be in your snippet, but it is, you can wrap it in this tag and that will change. No no saying where they'll pull the next snippet from, but at least it won't include the stuff that you wrap. So so that's kind of handy. Charming. So nice of them. Absolutely. 
Okay, well, um, let's take a quick break and we get back. We're going to talk about competitor analysis for SEO. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Every day, thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at getarculus.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WMR.fm. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company senior SEO, Scott Vanak. Now, remember, we have a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at SEO101radio.com, where you don't have to miss a single link and refresh your memory of a past show at any time. I also invite listeners to connect with me on LinkedIn. You can connect, connect with me via linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash website marketer. Yep. Instead of my name, I made website marketer my URL. At the time, it seemed smart. I will, give you, I will give you 20 bucks to legally change your name right now. File the paperwork. Do it. <laughs> 20 bucks. Oh, I'm tempting. cheap, man. 
I'm cheap. It'll cost you more than 20 bucks to do it, but you know, <laughs> there you go. Oh, uh, uh, well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll think on that, my friend. I'll think. On Can that. I go on a totally random side note here? The oh, first always. SEO. Yeah. The first <laughs> SEO job I ever did was in 2002, I think. And it was a yeah. pro bono job. Ross might not even remember this. And to help me figure out what SEO was, we found this guy and his job was to rid Canada of litter. And yes. he, and he actually lived at the time about a block away from where I live now. So that's something he used to walk around, he would pick garbage and he would bury it in his yard. And it was set up to look like gray, a graveyard with mounds and headstones of this buried garbage in his yard. I, I feel bad for whoever bought that house after he moved out. <laughs> and anyways, how did he get away he, with that? Oh my God. I don't know, but he got it. He got his, you know, 10 minutes of fame. He legally changed his name. And if you're listening, Mr. King, uh, uh, I don't take offense at this. It is kind of funny. You have to admit it. Uh, he legally changed his name to Canada Litter King. That was his legal name. Um, so, you know, if you're passionate about something, why not change your name? You know, just go for it. There we go. Just give me something to talk about next week. Well, and it's a good segue into what I'm going to talk about after competitor analysis. But first. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Oh, hell, I'll just jump into it first. Okay. So uh, how not to choose a business name? <laughs> since it's a perfect segue. So uh, eons ago, I was asked to help a company uh, <laughs> essentially create a, a, a proper name for their new search engine. They wanted to compete with Google. They wanted to do really well. This is back in 2003 or four. And uh, or, yeah, something like that. And it was, it was pretty cool. I was excited about it. It was really neat. It was my opportunity to make a mark and potentially have a I actually say that I help create the name of a search engine. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, I did end up doing that for a different one, but not this one. Anyway, uh, it was uh, a, a tool called Vivissimo, um, and they were a search, uh, essentially a search product for enterprise level businesses. And they wanted to create a consumer facing business and they wanted a good name. So I actually consulted with a good friend of mine and we came up with a name that was brilliant. I mean, I, I was so amazed that, I guess he helped me out. He was a genius. And we couldn't tell the client because he really hadn't paid us anything yet. And I knew if I just told him, he'd just run with it. So I said, well, no, it's a great name. It's, it's based on Italian. It's really short. It's clever. It's, it's also quite classy. You know, I think he would really like it. He said, oh, no, 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 we've already chosen it. And they went with, and yes, it's immortalized to this day, Clusty. Clusty. Let's hear that again. Which, of course, brought to mind Crusty <laughs> the Clown immediately to me. And Absolutely. Cluster F. Of course, you know what the rest of that phrase is. I, I don't. Like, what? I'm uh, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, apoplectic. I couldn't believe it. I, I said, oh, okay. yes, yeah, so we don't need your service anymore. Uh, 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 okay. Uh, and I, I, not long after uh, I was actually doing SEO one, one, um, actually was it, it must've been, I was on an interview or something. Maybe it was later. I thought it was 2003. It must've been later. It was when I was starting, um, doing SEO one one cause he listened to it. Oh no, no. It was an article. Sorry. Going all over the place here. I wrote an article about this and, and lambasted this idea. Like, I just couldn't believe it. It was kind of a, uh, the whole article wasn't about it. It was about something else, but I did mention this and how, you know, don't pick a name like this. <laughs> I was just so horrified. And the, the CEO got out, contacted me and says, what's wrong with it? Um, 
anyway, lack, oh boy. needless to say, it didn't last. No one's ever heard of Clusty. That hasn't been around a long time anyway in SEO and search. Um, you just got to put some thought into a name. Look at different ways. Do some, if, if you get some feedback that's negative, do some public testing, get some feedback on it and, and just, and they even made it like the, the logo looks like a badge you would put on a, a work like on a work uniform, like on overalls. I mean, I just don't get it. Anyway, at the same time, and I'm sure my client will appreciate this. I think he does listen to the show. So hello. Um, but I'm being, I've been hired right now to help a company redefine their entire brand. Um, essentially, they picked a name that was in use. The dot-com was in use, but they weren't worried about it because it was entirely different from what they were offering. Well, that was a big mistake. And, and I think you should all learn from this. And I think they, again, they would appreciate that others learn from this too, because that brand that had the .com, I just, what are the odds of this? But they immediately copied them. Either they copied mm. them or at the very same time, just by luck, they were launching the same product and it is identical. Well, the concept is, there's no question whatsoever. They're complete competitors now and they have the same name. Ah, yeah, yeah. You know, what a nightmare for a startup. So I'm going through the process of helping them find, I've already said kind of a luck, a, a, a good uh, knack at finding domains and, and business names. That is just a, of a fun thing I like to do. And I'm, I'm really grateful to be able to do this for a client. Anyways, yeah, I, put some thought into it. <laughs> yeah, I guess they, before they picked the name, they should have clustered it first. Sorry, I mean, Googled it. They should have Googled it <laughs> yes, first. Yes, and the reason they called it Clusty because it was based on clustering search technology. I'm like, all right, that's fine, but don't call it Clusty. Anyway, nah. <laughs> um, this client though, I think their advice would be to always ensure that you can get the .com if you're going to be doing a, a consumer, like a public facing entity that you want people to remember. Because if they remember it, they're going to go to the .com. And, and if you, yeah, if you have to buy that .com, buy it now because once you're you're somebody, it's going to get a lot more expensive. Yeah, and we, in fact, I ran it. We launched our first dentist company, the dental marketing company, with first dot dentist. We used the actual top level domain dot dentist, which was quite expensive. But you know what? It was really kind of cool and it was different. We didn't own the .com, and uh, over took us about six years when I said, you know what, we just got to pull the trigger. I don't want anyone to buy it and end up competing with us. So we bought first dentist.com, but you know, yet you do get to a certain point where you have to invest like that. However, in retrospect, we shouldn't have gone. We should have just bought it right off the bat. It was that I don't want to spend money on a company who is domain squatting, you know, it just, it felt wrong, but fact is if you need it and it's going to be your core of your entire marketing, it's a penny. It's nothing compared to all the money you're going to put into marketing. So do it. There's my little not so rantish discussion on picking a name. I think it is important. On another note, I had a great interview today on LinkedIn Live uh, with uh, Jetstream. Uh, Jetstream is a uh, local marketing company and my friend Mike had me on. It was really enjoyable. We talked about competitor analysis for SEO. He wanted to asked me about some of my experiences doing that over the years. And I thought I'd, I'd just raise a few of the more interesting takeaways from it. And one of the main ones is that when clients come to us and ask for competitor analysis, which we're very good at, we've been doing, well, I've been doing them since like aggressively since 2004. Um, you really, 
I need to sit down with our, our, our clients and really be sure they have a good sense of who their competitors are. Many don't really know. They think they know, but they're not. They're not the competitors. It really depends on what they're trying to attain. If they're just like, well, this company next door is doing so well. I don't know why. And I want to know, well, okay, but or maybe there's maybe there's some better competitors to look at, not just this guy. Um, and oftentimes that's the case. So what we tend to do is we grab a few competitors, and this is what I suggest you do if you're going to do a competitor analysis. Grab a few competitors you think matter, as well as some of the regular top performers that are ranking well under high intent keywords. We've mentioned that before. High intent means these are keywords that you've discovered are likely to lead to the resolution you want, you know, that conversion. And then gather their organic data from SEMrush, SEMrush, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's a great tool. It's what we use. You do need to have um, uh, a paid account to get this information, but it's well worth it. Although I admittedly, they've gone a bit expensive. I think they are, uh, well, they're a public now. So gone are the really good discounts. <laughs> then, you know, assess their ranking coverage of each of the competitors, you know, some of the more obvious things are, are looking at this uh, SEMrush traffic cost. This is what SEMrush has evaluated the cost of their rankings would be if they were to pay, pay for ads for them. Um, the stability of the rankings, you can see in a, a good graph how things are looking. You see they're all over the place, up and down and around, all that stuff. And then it's typically because the site isn't very authoritative yet. But they're doing something right because they do get up there occasionally. So maybe that's content. Um, how are they doing in mobile versus organic? Are they in a market that is likely to be more, uh, or sorry, mobile versus uh, desktop? Are they likely to be more desktop or mobile? I, I didn't really think about looking into that very much initially. I thought, no, everything's going to be mobile, kind of black and white. It's not. Step forth, 90, no, 80% of our traffic is, is desktop. And that's often the case for any kind of technical industry. Uh, so keep that in mind. If you're, you know, uh, a consumer-based business, you're likely going to get mobile. It, it does really depend. And, you know, if they're focused on local rankings, just keep in mind that the competitive tools aren't very good at comparing that. In fact, oftentimes I see uh, using SEMrush, I do a, a check for how well a client's or a competitor's doing or a client's doing or a prospect, and it says zero. You know, there's just nothing. But if you run uh, a competent local visibility tool, like Bright Local or something along those lines, tons of rankings appear. They may not be great, but they show up. And that's simply because I think it's just a scaling issue. And uh, there's so much there's so much for these, these tools like SEMrush to cover. This, this can't cover it all. Um, some of the other elements to review, successes of blog posts, the tech stack used, ad history for paid ads, it goes on and on. And, and I do invite you to go and check out that Jetstream uh, uh, interview for the rest. I don't wanna let it all go here, but uh, it was, it's fascinating stuff. So if anyone ever wants to talk about competitor analysis and are considering having it done, uh, even audits, we do, I'm proud to say a very, very, very good job. Uh, never a complaint uh, in all of our years. And if uh, we ever get feedback, we take it to heart and make the change. It's done. Uh, Good stuff. And it's very helpful when you're starting a business. If, if I can add, you said never, never complain. I need to talk about the one complaint I had for doing a website audit oh, years and years okay. ago. One of the first website audits I did, again, it's always when you're new, right? I did the mm -hmm. audit, did what I thought was an awesome job, sent it to the client. 
he got back to me and his feedback was you audited the wrong website. So <laughs> my, my, my one big mistake was I did a, the audit on the complete, and it was like a competitor site and, or something. I, maybe it was Fair just, enough. I don't know. I screwed up. So that was my complaint. So, and of course I redid the audit from the scratch and true. I he, he was very happy with the redo, but <laughs> I thought I should. He got a two for one. I, he did. So, you know, he, he learned a lot about sell the other one. Yeah, he could. <laughs> I think I did like a dot com instead of a dot CA or it was one of those type of situations, but uh, right. that was even well, before we Google Analytics. I went a little longer. We've got only a few more minutes. So what's this next about Google rich results? Right. So if you have a, uh, a job postings website, so Robert, if you're out there listening, this is for you. On October 18th, Google will be updating the job posting rich results report in Google Search Console, which may result in an increase in errors within your structured data because of the way they are changing how they evaluate these reports. So on October 18th, you can expect to see uh, an increase in the number of errors you're finding, as well as uh, potentially some swaps in the severity. So warnings may become errors or errors may become warnings. Uh, not to panic, nothing has happened on your site, but you may need to address those because Google wants to evaluate it differently. So keep an eye out next uh, next Sunday, I don't know, the 18th. You probably listen to this after the fact. So look at it now, look at it today. So <laughs> Great. Um, another uh, great article I, I found was on Sterling Sky, and it was, can service area pages with duplicate or similar content increase traffic? Now, those who aren't familiar with these, if you are uh, a local business, say brick or mortar or whatever, they uh, typically ha uh, need to also rank in places that don't, they don't have a physical location. So they, what we often do is we create pages that are locally relevant to a different city or whatever it may be with more information and the services they offer. Now, a lot of companies do this and they duplicate this and then just put change the wording and I mean, change the location and change the image, you know, make it very simple, very pretty much cookie cutter, but for a different city. And you know, there are aspects of that that don't need to be so cookie cutter. I do recommend some changes there. However, this uh, one exam um, that, uh, uh, not exam, but examination, I guess you'd say, an analysis uh, by Colin Nielsen, I believe it was, uh, was that in fact, they rank very well. So uh, in this case, and I do love what he ends with because it's so true, we see it all the time. Uh, don't necessarily do as Google says, but as they do, because in these cases, they may say they don't think these are good ideas and these pages shouldn't be done. But when it comes right down to it, if they work, and they're not harming anything. They're certainly not polluting the internet. Go for it, you know, use it. Um, if you want some ideas on how to maybe step it up a notch in terms of quality, well, there's lots of articles out there or give us a, uh, give us a, drop us a note or take a free strategy call on our website. Okay, one more thing here. What's this about product price? Right. Google? This is a, yeah. yes, <laughs> I forgot. I posted this. You did so this. This is, a, <laughs> this is a John Mueller. This is a Mueller file. Uh, he says, someone asked whether or not product price uh, was a ranking factor. And this is of course in more uh, e-commerce based search results. And the answer was nope. <laughs> now I'm not saying that that's all he said, <laughs> but that's really the answer. I mean, I, I could go all long winded on you, but that's just, no, that's not just it. Nope. They don't look at it. No. <laughs> so on that note, 
On behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and my company senior SEO, Scott Fanak, thank you for joining us today. I hope you have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes, which air every week on WMR.FM. Hey, and that's the way it is. Thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today.